This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Connor's Talk for Media Buzz. Silly season. WTF is going on with Fulham Football Club. Joining me right now is my good friend Dan Crawford from Hamian.com and the Green Pole Podcast. I think he's going to have something interesting to share on the Green Pole Podcast besides doing the show with me. Before we go on any further, just want to say please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts to Connor's Talk. Leave us a review. We'd highly appreciate that. Dan? Welcome back to the show. I'm looking forward to talking about some stories in the media. It's been really crazy the last couple of days, and we're going to go through it. And I want your honest opinion if you believe the stories if you or if you do not. How you doing? Uh, it's good to see you, mate. Um, I, I hoped it would be on a less crazy day than we've been having, but, you know, here we are. You're, you're not uh, selling cottage talk to the Saudi Arabians, are you? Can we just no. There's no truth to that exclusive story that's just broken on Sky Sports News, is there? No. Well, we have a lot to talk about in regards to Sky Sports because they've broken some interesting stories, and I want to get your thoughts if you believe it or if you think it's crap. So let's get to it. Let's start with the one from today, and it involves Marco Silva. And this is a big one, Dan, because Marco's on the last year of his contract. We've talked about this on the Green Poll. And now we're talking about here on Cottage Talk. And I think what's going on with Marco is affecting Fulham signings, honestly, because I think if he signed a, a longer-term deal, maybe we would have a couple signings. He probably wants to see signings before he signs a deal. So it's kind of this vicious circle that we're seeing. But let's talk about the speculation that a club in Saudi Arabia is offering 40 million pounds to Marco Silva, 20 million pounds a year. Actually, you can read this article on Hamian.com from Colby White. I want to give her credit for posting the story. Dan, are you believing the story? Well, so let, let's rewind a second. There are some things that are true, and you listed most of them, which is that Marco Silva is still in the last year of his contract, and he has been very consistent 
in respect of um, waiting to see what Fulham do in the transfer window until he signs his new contract that has been offered to him. We given to understand, now I believe that's at least a three-year deal, but what you would consider a long-term deal um, to reward, oh, excuse me, to reward Marco Silva for his fantastic achievements at Fulham Football Club since he took over from a man who I won't recall um, <laughs> because it will just depress us. Okay. Exactly. Now, yep. now, so it is true that he's in the last year of his contract. And I do believe it is true that he's waiting to sort of see what happens. because, And he's not the first Fulham manager in the history of you and I doing this podcast, Ross. I think every single Fulham manager in the decade that I've been speaking to you or head coach has had an issue with regards to this type of thing, the the uh, summer transfer recruitment. And the first one to have an issue was Slavisa Kanovic, who wanted to sign somebody called Andreas Pereira. Turns out <laughs> that might have been a good idea. Now, Maybe. knowing what we know now, probably a very good idea. Right. So, there are, those things are true. I can't tell you if Al Ali have offered Marco Silva £40 million to go and coach in the Saudi Premier League today, as Sky Sports rather breathlessly reported while I was doing something else um, this afternoon. I mean, very, very silly of me to take my eyes off the uh, ticker tape of Sky Sports News, wasn't it? Um, especially after last night. We'll get on to that. Okay. Um, so... The, the, the problem I've got with this one is Marco Silva is not in London. We know that for a fact. That's right. No, he's closer to you than he is to me right now. That's right. I think he's in New Jersey probably about right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't have precise GPS readout on his location. <laughs> um, now, what the uh, reporting, and I use that term loosely because there doesn't seem to be any second-hand corroboration of this story at all, anywhere. I haven't seen um, any. Is that um, Al Ali, who are owned by the Public Investment Fund, one of the four Saudi Pro League clubs who are bought by the Public Investment Fund and backed substantially, have offered Silver £40 million, and they're talking with Silver's representatives in London today. Now that, I mean, I, I'm not sure that Marco Silver would authorize his representatives plural because he only has one so interesting that they said plural right um and that a presentation was being made to those representatives today and that alani wants an answer immediately because the saudi pro league season starts in two weeks time well i mean you know there is one thing i would throw into this uh two things just to, to say in terms of the broader context one if Marco Silva was so determined to go to Saudi Arabia, he might have accepted the offer from Al Halal, right? Um, which was of a similar range of um, uh, pricing in terms of salary. And two, um, he he might also have uh, not been so pivotal in re-signing William, which you know is the one sort of real positive things have come out of this last couple of weeks is that Marco Silva was very definitely involved in saying, come on, I want William in the team. What are we doing here, lads? Let's make a deal. Now, two things. 
would Williams sign the contract and publicly praise Marco Silva if there was any doubt about Marco Silva being in the Craven Club stud or rather as Goodison Park dug out in on the 12th of August I mean I, I doubt that and to the cheek of these guys to say oh by the way tell us right now and here's a load of money um Mark, the thing about Marco Silva is he was determined to manage again in the Premier League. Right. In England to prove himself because he felt like he had a point to prove. He still feels he has a point to prove. He's an ambitious young manager. And as we've seen, people do sometimes get a bit ahead of themselves and leave Fulham for pastures new, thinking it's a big step forward in their career. It doesn't always work. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, so the answer to this is, they might well have offered him a lot of money. It's what the Saudis do. Um, but it probably would be the death knell of Silver's uh, ambitions within European football because, you know, it's kind of a retirement home for people who need a paycheck. And I've right. never got the impression that Marco Silver is motivated primarily by money. Of course, I could be entirely wrong. Right. And I am checking my phone and the three monitors that are in here to check that he hasn't actually... <laughs> You know, gone and done it now, but no, I, I, I you know, the breathless reporting of it um, caught me by surprise. But I would point out that um, Sky Sports News have played fast and loose with the truth uh, many times, uh, as we as we pointed out. And uh, yeah, at the moment, Marco Silva's managing Fulham in in the United States. There are still a lot of things we need to sort out with regards Absolutely. to the season. But I, I, you know, I get the sense that he wants to manage Fulham in the in the Premier League, so so I'm less concerned about this one. But again, you know, I'm not the oracle. I'm not as well connected as some people, so you know, he could surprise me. Okay, the one thing that I think stands out to what you said, Dan, that made me think about it: Why would William assign back with Fulham if he did not feel that Marco was leaving? Like, why would he? come back to foam. I think Marco being here is huge. I'll even say the same thing, Dan. Why would Jedi have resigned? Yeah, I was about to say, why would Anthony Robinson ink a five-year contract? You know, Five-year contract, okay? So, for me, do I think the Saudis are interested in Marco Silva? Yes. The I Saudis just don't... Saudis really interested in anything that moves at the moment. Right. Credibility. Right. right, exactly. But I just... I think when push comes to shove, I think that this is speculation... Could there be something to it? Yes, but I, like you, I truly believe that Marco Silva will still be the full manager because of, as you said, Dan, the ambition that he has. And I think he's ambitious for Fulham. I think he wants better for Fulham. I think that's also, Dan, you and I talked about this off air. I think that might be why he has not signed a new contract yet, is he's waiting to be proven that the team's going to back him. And that might be, as I said to you, a little bit of a vicious circle because I think players might be waiting for Marco to sign a new deal before they sign. So, But I think what's going on, again, it's just a theory of mine that the reason why Marco hasn't signed yet a new deal with Fulham, he's just waiting. He's waiting to be basically be proven that he's going to have a team that can contend for Europe. That's what I think. Well, he may be waiting to see what happens with regards to a certain Serbian striker. I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yes, absolutely. Why not go there right now? Let's, let's go and let's talk about Metro. Why not? Because everyone's probably wondering when we're going to talk about Metro. So let's go there, Dan. And this has been going on with Metro. 
And what's interesting about this, and we'll talk about the Tony Khan angle in this in just a second, but what I find fascinating about this is, and I keep telling people this, that Fulham have all the leverage in regards to Mitro. They absolutely do. You will agree with me on this. He has three years left on his contract. They don't have to do anything. Now, I've heard people say, well, then he'll be unhappy. He won't play. And okay, but he's a professional. He's going to play. He's going to want to play football. And I've been given this, and you can attest to this, the basically comparison to Louis Saha and how badly that ended and how Chris Coleman said, no way, no way, that's not, and it did happen. So I think that's why people think eventually this will happen. Dan, I don't think Fulham are going to sell. This also goes to what Tony Khan happened to talk about in an interview he did over here. Basically, he was telling in this interview that he was committed to keeping his star players. Keeping, I'm assuming he means Paulina and Mitro. So I don't see Mitro going anywhere. That's my opinion on this. I think we're going to get through the window. He'll be a player for Fulham Football Club. And I wouldn't be shocked if he has a new contract with Fulham Football Club. Oh, you, you said to me you were feeling positive, and you've, you've really um, uh, put the positive spin on that one. Um, so, <laughs> well, how do you feel, Dan? How do you feel? I don't know how to feel about this. One, one, one thing is clear. I'm reluctant to get involved in the uh, rubbishing of Alexander Dimitrovic. Um, given the, given his achievements at Fulham Football Club and the fact that he could have left Fulham Football Club at many points during his time after we got relegated twice. The inverse of that, or the reverse of that, of course, is I think Mitrovic owes Fulham Football Club in respect to the last few months uh, at, at Craven Cottage. You know, he missed the eight games for, um, what, what did they say, assaulting? Chris Kavanagh, I'm still not over that. I'm still not over that. <laughs> no, you know, I, I can't tell. That's an assault. Like the prison, well, the prisons of England are full. We won't go into politics, Ross. You know, okay. it doesn't take much for me to get started. But if that's an assault, we wouldn't have any room anywhere. Uh, you'd just be... Anyway, the point is, Mitrovic probably cost Fulham a place in the FA Cup semi-final. Not alone... With his actions at Old Trafford, he then was publicly supported by Fulham, not just during the whole thing of how long's the band going to be. There's a whole witch hunt, you know, and uh, then he was supported by Fulham and the fans during his time, you know, in forced suspension, waiting around, and he got that rapturous reception at Southampton with all the Serbian flags, and he scored, and he gave an interview. You all remember this, the end of the season to yes. the Fulham Fix podcast with Felix White and Ivanberry. Um, and he talked about Craven Cottage being home, you know, he loves it. And I'm like, well, okay, put these things together. What he said then, and what he's purported to have said now. Now, this is important. Yep. This is from last night, Sky Sports News, Paul Gilmore pops up. Paul Gilmore, yes. one of the people who propagated the idea that William was at Nottingham Forest's training ground having a medical when he, was at least, when he was at least 6,000 miles away at the time. So, <laughs> you know, 
I, I think there may have been some miscommunication. The story boils down to the fact that, and there's no independent corroboration of this, Mitrovic has kept his, his silence. If he really wants to go to Saudi Arabia, okay. He really wants to go to Saudi Arabia. There's a way he can go to Saudi Arabia. He can come out and say, sorry, Fulham, thank you, Fulham, for everything you've done for me. I really want to leave to get this really big paycheck to go and play in a place that nobody really plays in. It's really hot. And I'm, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm principally going to go there to set up my family for the remainder of our lives. I don't necessarily agree with that as a sort of solution. To, but that that's really where we're going. And he, through intermediaries and through media reports, has said, you know, I've served Fulham well. And there is right. no doubt about that. He has served Fulham well, but Fulham did give him the opportunity to play first team football when he wasn't playing any. That's we right. did get promoted to the Premier League. And you know he had, and we made sure that he was the focal point of the team when all of that was in question. Um, he see, apparently, and I use the term apparently, well, very strongly here, has told his relatives, Russ, that um, he doesn't want to play for Fulham ever again, which seems a bit drastic considering um, he looked reasonably happy in a photograph that swiftly disappeared from Instagram this afternoon with Tom Kearney and Sasa Lukic on the way to, um, I'm not sure where they were flying into, New York, I think. Yes, and I agree they're flying into New York. Then, oh, I don't know which airport, um, but he looked reasonably happy uh, at that point. Um, now, we are supposed to believe that somehow uh, Mr Gilmore, with a dubious track record, in terms of getting everything correct, has overheard this conversation or more likely been told that this has been said. And he got it up there within sort of half an hour. And now, well, if he wants to go, I would, I would be fine. You mentioned Louis Sahar. I'd be right. fine with a player leaving Fulham to better themselves. Mitrovic is good enough to play for a top-level side. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's in dispute. If he said, you know, I want to go and play in the Champions League, you know, it's important to preserve my international career, all this, I want to challenge myself at the highest level, it'd be difficult, but I don't think anyone would begrudge him that. This thing of, you know, I'm going to go and play in Saudi Arabia, and the valuation is what's made him angry. Well, so Fulham value him at £52 million, apparently, again. Right. There's been no, no, no second sourcing of this. Everyone's just reporting what Sky Sports News have said. Well, where do they get fifty-two million pounds from? It's about two hundred and fifty million Saudi Arabian royal, royal, whatever the currency is. Right? It's an exact. If you if you do the current currency exchange to British pound sterling, it works out at fifty-two million pounds exactly. Right. So that's the valuation now. Al Halal made two offers, one of twenty-two point five million pounds, apparently, which is which is point five million pounds more than we actually paid for him in the first place. Right. In twenty eighteen, he's undoubtedly a better player than he was in twenty eighteen, and they made another offer of thirty-five million pounds, both of which were immediately rejected. This seems to have angered Mitrovic, but as you pointed out, you know, put him holding all the cards. The bit that I sort of struggle with is. Well, 
okay there are people who say oh we have to sell him or you know he can rot in the reserve you know we, we should sell him and be done with it well if you sell him you aren't going to get another alexander mitrovich they don't grow on trees right um he's particularly important to the focal point and to your last point he wants to play football he wants to play for his country probably in another major tournament because right. the tournament in qatar in a hot country with no history of football um ironically mitrovic struggled to hit the heights of um where he was playing uh previously before them and pertinent to this he missed at least three games possibly four i'm trying to remember prior to the tournament because he got injured playing for Serbia and he didn't want to risk and you know there was some turn and throwing between the medical teams I think I was on your show speaking about this at the time yep um so Mitrovic wants to go and play in Saudi Arabia I'm, I'm not having that it's been his dream to always go and play for Al Halal and he watched the Crown Prince Cup in Belgrade aged four I'm not I'm not having that okay there are other things at play and i don't want to get anybody sued or anything like that but there are two words i will say to you that is the driver of this that's pini zahabi yeah. i just urge your listeners readers uh, audience to google pini zahabi and you will see why i say that can i ask you a question then is he the same agent for menor solomon yes okay so I find that fascinating that he's the same agent that he's a very well-known agent. And uh, maybe that was the link that brought Menor Solomon to Fulham football club. But yeah, I would do what Dan just said. I, I think this is agent driven because obviously the agent can make a lot of money from this, not just Alexander Mitrovich, but we'll, we'll have to see how this all plays out. But I, I can't get past a couple of things like you had mentioned. I'm glad that you, one of the good detail on this, Dan, is what I said prior. Fulham have the leverage here. They have the three-year contract. And not only that, we have the Premier League on our side. He settled in London. These are all the pros here. Now, a con on Fulham's side is that if he's offered this amount of money, it's a huge amount of money. It's That's hard to turn down. But he doesn't get the chance to turn it down or accept it until whoever's offering him the money also matches Fulham's valuation. Correct. And that is enshrined in international football rules. Now, right. nobody abides by the rules. That much is clear because right. they're all talking to each other. Or if they're not talking to each other, they're talking to someone at Sky Sports News or Fabrizio <laughs> Romano or some gentleman who I'd never heard of before this week. There's a gentleman called Ben Jacobs. I've never heard of him either, to be honest with you. Well, he's just mixed up our... Halal and Al Ali. I thought he did. I thought he did. And I've never heard of this gentleman. Apparently, he's a presenter. I've seen him interviewing somebody. Um, and he apparently has the inside scoop on all of these things. And I don't even know that everybody at Fulham quite knows what, what, what on earth is uh, playing out in some of these scenarios. I certainly don't. But I'm confident that some of these people don't either. And it goes back to what we uh, talked about with Xiao Palina, who, if you believe some reporting, now he really wants to go to West Ham again. It's like we've stepped back in time. <laughs> you know, we had that whole thing with Xiao Palina's disappearing release clause. Oh, that was horrible, Dan. That was, again, I think that was 
one of the most fraudulent things I've seen was the release clause and uh, Zhao Pony's contract, which, as we now know, doesn't exist, but it was reported. And, of course, that started the whole thing with talk again, sports. Again, so. again over the uh, couple of days ago, last night, the day before, I can't remember, they all blend into one with this yellow ticker tape nonsense spreading to talk sport. Talk sport yep. started off again that um, West Ham were in advanced negotiations with Fulham over the £40 million transfer of Chalbert. That's complete nonsense. It's ridiculous. They, did, it's they ridiculous. did make an offer, but it's like me saying, Russ, I want to buy a house for £10. <laughs> You'd say, no, thank you. you know, <laughs> wouldn't be much of a negotiation, <laughs> would it be? Sorry, that, that's actually pretty funny, Dan. But, but Stephanie it, would, um, would throw you out, really. <laughs> But what's interesting about this, yes, they were reporting 40 million pounds, but it's laughable. Anyone that follows Fulham knows that there's no way that they're selling him for 40 million pounds. They value him probably closer to 90 to 100 million pounds. Well, I, I don't want... million pounds probably buys Sao Paulini's left boot. You know, I ain't going to get... Well, you know, he's it's... that valuable to Fulham, Dan. I think that's the point. The point for me with Zhao and then, of course, with Mitro is that they're more valuable to Fulham than maybe they are to other clubs. So if Fulham value him, let's just say that it's true. And and there's no truth to it. It's just speculation that it's 52 million pounds. Let's just play the game. Well, then you better come up to that because there's a reason why it's that high. It's because he's extremely valuable to Fulham Football Club. He is. And I think he's important to everything that they do. And I truly believe if... Tony Khan, Shahid Khan, Alistair McIntosh, everyone at Fulham stand to their beliefs here and do not buckle. Alexander Mitrovic will play for Fulham Football Club. I believe that because he's under contract. As you said, Dan, he's going to want to play for his national team. He's going to want to play football. And I'm just saying, I just think if the club stays very true to themselves, I think this thing eventually will blow over, but I don't think it's over yet. I don't think it's over yet, but I think it's something that we'll, we'll have to continue to follow. But right now, he's in America. That's a good sign. Well, it's better than this idea that he had to be persuaded to go to America. Well, maybe he did, but if he didn't go to America and fulfill the obligations under his contract, he'd be sued for breach of contract. That's right. And then he would have a problem because nobody would employ him. Right. Um, uh, and I think there is a broader point about this, which is about Saudi Arabia in general and what they're doing. And you alluded to this earlier. You might need to explain to people who hail from my neck of the woods what this podcast or show was that um, Tony Khan was wholly forced Okay, on. sure. So let's go there now. So let's talk a little bit of what Tony shared. I believe he was on the... Dan Lebertard show. It's a radio show in America. And basically Tony came on this show and uh, you and I were joking back and forth messaging because he used the word murder. I've got the, I've got the quote. I've got the full, the full quote. Shall I read it? Please, please read the quote because I find the quote fascinating. The gentleman, please, please. So the gentleman who's asking the questions is talking about Mitrovich and he says something along the lines of, what do you, what's your view on how hard Saudi Arabia are pushing? And Tony Khan says, it is amazing. I think if you have enough money, you can get away with anything, including murder. And, you know, try to sign up all the top players in the world. Certainly they have approached a lot of great players, and I'm very, very interested to see where this goes. But for us, 
We're definitely committed to keeping our top stars and doing what it will take. We've got a great, great, great team. We had a great season. It was one of the best seasons in the history of Fulham. And I'm really excited about this coming season. Um, so he doesn't specifically reference Mitrovic there, but I took that no. to mean you're coming for our players, you're coming for Mitrovic, you're coming for Polina, potentially you're coming for Marco Silva, and you're not going to get anywhere. But the interesting part for me was, you know, Tony Khan's audition to be the Secretary of State when he said, <laughs> well, I think if you have enough money, you can get away with anything, including murder, um, which possibly... The, the thing that Tony Khan has said that I've agreed with the most of anything that I've ever heard Tony Khan say because absolutely that is correct because of the, the murder of the journalist Jamal Kasogi. Yes. Who is yes, a, I think that's what he was referencing. I believe that's well, what he was referencing. Well, I believe so. And if we're talking about a free press and a free society and people being settled in London... And in and enjoying the Western way of life, some people who are accepting these offers to go and play in Saudi Arabia may have a little bit of a shock when they push a referee, when they want to leave the club that they've signed for in a manner that they would normally expect to in a Western society. And I would just say, we come from a World Cup in Qatar. Abdez Awadu, the former Fulham centre-back, will tell you how difficult it was to leave Qatar when he was out of contract and wanted to leave. Um, the Saudi Arabians have no compulsion about... Um, somebody asked me today, do the Saudi Arabians have a version of financial fair play? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, yeah, if you don't pay uh, the, the president enough, he might cut you up in a, in, a, in a consulate somewhere. You know, I mean, maybe we're... But the point about this is Tony Khan was very clear about what the Saudi Arabians are doing. It's sports washing, pure and simple. Right. They've done it with Newcastle United. They've done it in golf. They've done it in horse racing. They've done it in many sports. And it is to... Um, uh, to, to change the image? To pull be... over people's eyes and yes. to get... To, to remove some of those searching, but we're just like you. We invest in these pastimes, but it's it's money laundering, essentially. Um, and what has disappointed me, with a few honourable exceptions in the Western media, yep. um, uh, but even in the UK, you know, nobody talks about the sports washing of Newcastle United. They're all talking about Harvey Barnes and right. you know, who the next player is. And Eddie Howe just sits there and says, I'm a football manager. Well, you know, I'm a football fan, but I'm also something else as well. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I, at least I try hard not to be. But I do think it's interesting that Tony Khan goes and says that very recently, Russ. Yep. You know, it came to light within the last 24 hours, those comments. And immediately within 24 hours, my social media has been bombarded with Saudis. Uh, criticising Tony Khan and criticising me and my website for publishing these comments given that Britain are colonialists and all these kind of things and I did want to say to them look I'm going on a podcast with a man who literally lives in the place where they tossed the tea into the water to get rid of the British all that time ago you know 
like there is room for some sort of uh, nuance but not when right. you're sort of murdering journalists and you know pretending that it's okay because you invest in um things that that can sort of uh make that a little bit more palatable that doesn't work for me but it's interesting yeah. that tony khan referenced it somebody put it up on twitter and said that's a daft comment he would have to apologize i mean that's i right. really hope I really hope nobody's going to apologise for those comments, and I don't think they will, because they're absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Dan, I'm glad that he said what he had to say, and because I, I've got some views on this as well with everything that's going on in Saudi Arabia. And listen, many players are going over there, and the clubs are allowing their players to go over there. I am, at this point, glad that Fulham Football Club are playing what I would call a little hardball when it comes to... Metro with the Saudi Arabian team, just because I think it's you got to put Fulham first. And the way that I look at the Metro thing for me, and I'll get your thoughts on this, is I, th I think if they sell Metro, they're putting Metro first. If they keep him, they're putting Fulham first. Now others might disagree with me on this, but I think because he's under contract, if you sell him, you are doing his wishes. I think you are not putting the club first because then you have to be in the re this replacement game that I keep talking about, Dan. I want Fulham to be in the building game, not the replacement game, Dan. I look at everyone applauds the wonderful job that Brighton Hove Albion are doing, and they're doing a great job. Eventually, you're going to miss. You're going to miss on the replacements. You're going to end up like Southampton. It took a while, but Southampton started missing. They were selling all their best players. Yeah, I, want well, I, had to to speak, I had to speak to our good friend Simon Peach the other day. He's not taking it well. Oh, yeah, I feel bad for Simon. Simon's a huge Southampton supporter, even though he covers Manchester United. I'm sure I'm sure he isn't taking it well. But, but I he, has a, he has a long history on this very show. That's why I referenced him in this. Thank you. This, thank, uh, concept. thank you, Mike. Thank you, my friend. But listen, the, my point in all of this is that Fulham need to think about Fulham before they think of Mitro, before they think of anyone else. they got to put the club first. I think if you sell Mitro you're putting Mitro first. So I think they need to stay strong. And based on Tony's comments, I have a feeling it's going to be difficult for Mitro to move. And I actually hope that that's true. Not that I don't begrudge him wanting to go, but he's under contract. And the way I look at it, if I go to my boss and say, listen, I've been offered a better deal. Can you match this? Can you let me out of my contract? And if my boss said, no, I can't let you out of your contract because I have no one that can replace you. I would honor that. And I want Mitro to honor his contract. That's where I'm up on that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's really, I, I would just um, offer the following in in, in response and, and and to develop the, the conversation. There, there are two things here. Um, I, I get what you're saying about being in the building game and everything like that. It's also about the message it sends uh, about Fulham Football Club. You know. We build the we have moments in our history. If you look back at Fulham's history over the period, you know, we've never won a major trophy, although we have because the Intertoto Cup is now the the Europa Conference League, and apparently it's the most important trophy ever, and that's why Jao Palina is going to be playing for West Ham. <laughs> and also they won the World Cup in nineteen sixty-six. Uh, so so yeah, I had to get that in. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Fulham have never won a major trophy um, and we've never really been all that successful despite our wonderful history. And the reason is 
every time we get to the cusp of a really good side, something happens and we can't have nice things. We couldn't have Clint Dempsey and Moussa Dembele playing together in That's the right. same team. That wasn't allowed. We couldn't even have Dimitar Berbatov and Brian Ruiz playing in the same team. Thank you, Rennie Moulinstein. Um, that time. I'm not going to go through it all because it's a long history right. of things, right? But but the, the point about this is it's the message you send to your competitors about when Fulham's ambition. So the point we were talking about earlier is Marco yep. Silver is ambitious, Mr. Right. Carl, the ownership of Fulham, right? They're, they're all ambitious, but you have to. Um, the, the only where, where I would diverge from you slightly about putting Mitrovic first, you put the club first in all instances. One, if the offer is unbelievable, you may have to consider it, even if Mr. Khan, uh, Shahi Khan is as rich as he, he is, right? Um, two, if Mitrovic's behavior deteriorates to such a degree that he's a disruption in the dressing room or he becomes a distraction you may have to take some action that would mitigate against that but i would say all i would say about the whole thing is strikers are hard to find in fulham's history you you, you hear regularly on this show from gordon davis Ivor yes. davis wonderful man great ambassador for fulham football club but Ivor will not need to be reminded of the fact that he had to leave Fulham to go to another team who I can't mention because it's a swear word in my house. <laughs> and then he had to return to Fulham to break the goal-scoring record because he didn't really like it up the road. <laughs> right. You referenced Louis Sahar, yes. right, who left for Manchester United and he's, he won some trophies at Manchester United, but he was injury um, ravaged for much of his career after that. He did speak later and has spoken more recently about how he regrets um, the manner of his leaving. We could throw in lots of other people um, whose moves didn't go to plan. Sean Davis, um, m many more from you know Fabio Carvalho to to give a more prescient um, example. The point is, we have a strong squad, and we're trying to build a stronger squad. We have to attract players in and quickly in this period. I would have liked to have seen some players before now, but we. We've referenced that. That is not going to happen. That is not right. the way um, the Fulham hierarchy looks to do their transfer business. However much it um, it, uh, it infuriates the fan base, and I would say something else: the, the football club sells us on its ambition. We've renovated Riverside Stand. It's going to be a statement. We've got a wealthy owner. The season ticket prices have increased dramatically. Um, Fulham Football Club, therefore, has a duty to its fans, its Absolutely. customers, to put the best possible team on the pitch every Toy time. Them. And it also has a duty with the Category 1 Academy structure to look at some of these younger players who you will see uh, maybe for the first time. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sa uh, Philadelphia, yep. Sam Amicia, um Delano McCoy Splat, who's new capped at international level at 18 for Jamaica, you know, really interesting young player, and, and many more. I'm thinking of maybe a Jay Stansfield um, or Marcel Grotto. You know, they may they may not be ready yet to fill the boots of Alexander Mitric, and who would be at this point? But there are options for people, and we have to sell everybody at every. Um, 
time on our ambition and on the club moving forward. Because if you stand still in the Premier League, you die. You don't die. You go down. That's and right. I don't, want, I don't want that to happen. And right. I am. I would finish here. Because we'll probably have to, you know, unless we're going to go on for about five hours, we'll probably do have to wrap it up at some point. Um, the, the suggestion, the laughable suggestion by a reporter who has a source or claims to have a source that Marcus Silver is accepting so far, and Fulham have approached Javier Pereira, who is currently <laughs> the manager of Shanghai Port, and he is going to be the new manager. I mean, I, I'm excited to discuss with you in the next podcast that we do how Javier Pereira's team is going to line up, not at Goodison Park, but in the second leg of the uh the summer series, which we haven't even talked about yet, and we do need to talk about that. <laughs> we do against um, uh, Aston Villa, isn't it? Um, well, actually, the first the first match is against Brentford. But listen, before we wrap this up, I just want to say, coming up next, Dan and I are going to talk a little bit about the summer series. I'm also going to ask him how does Fulham meet their ambitions this summer because they haven't at this moment. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Dan, to finish up, I do want to talk about the summer series at the very end. But before I do that, we've been talking a lot about ambition, right? And you just ended by talking about ambition. Right now, Fulham have not added any new players. I, I know you could say William is a new player, but he played with Fulham last season. So I want to get your thoughts. Why have they not signed any players yet? Who do you blame on this? Is it? Tony, is it Alistair? Is it Marco not signing his new deal? Why have they not been able to sign any players now? Because I think that their targets have gone up. I think that they've gone up on quality targets, but they have not been able to bring anyone in yet. Why do you think that is the case? And how quickly do you think they can rectify it? So I don't want to be pedantic, but Fulham did sign Chris Donald from Perth Glory. He's going to play for the under-20. He has, in fact, played for the under-21s at Bromley. He's an excellent um, progressive passer from Australia fit him really nicely he may not be considered a senior player yet and he has the potential to be one um, look I can't speak as to why it is that Fulham haven't got people across the line at this point because we're not quite there you know I'm not involved in the transfer negotiations thank goodness um, because <laughs> I mean it's bad enough watching it from afar and translating from all these people who seem to know what's going on and um, but look, it's clear that Fulham need to do some strengthening. They need to do some strengthening in a number of areas. We know where they are. They're going to need to sign some centre-backs. They're having a good go 
at signing Morato from Benfica, aren't they? They're probably going to have to admit defeat on that one um, sometime soon. It looks like they're going to miss out on Eagle to your friends, um, who I hope won't be too offended that they're about to miss um, at Brighton, uh, who it looked like they're going to sign Eagle or the Fiorentina, is it Brazilian, sent back from um, Fiorentina. There is interest in a in a couple of other centre-backs, including um, Salusu, apparently, according to Sky Sports News, but, you know, they seem to print anything these days. Uh, I have to see if Chloe's actually, Chloe's manning the uh, site while I'm talking to you, so she might have written that one up. Um, but we're, we're a little bit sceptical about Sky yep. Sports News. And it's sort of, just a little, just a little. Yeah. Um, you then get into an interesting one of, do you need a midfielder? You probably do. Um, Fulham have had a couple of goes at signing Andre in, in yes. various transfer goes from Fluminense. Really interesting player, but more of a project because he's 22 years old, just been capped by Brazil um, recently. Uh, interested in coming uh, to the Premier League. You're going to need some wingers, even if um, even if William has re-signed. You're a little bit light on the right-hand side, given that Bobby Deckard-Overeed has been playing for Jamaica uh, until very recently in the Gold Cup. It means that only Harry Wilson's shock of bleached... I don't know what you would call that. White hair. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It's a little shocking. Yes, I have Well, I mean, it. I'm not one to give sort of advice on my... Uh, my Neither am I. ...challenged uh, uh, hairstyle. But, yeah, that, that did surprise me. You're going to need some wingers because Marco likes to play with wingers. And, of course, you're going to need another centre-forward, I would have thought, regardless. So what what's the situation with this? They're trying to sign players. It's, it's difficult to sign players, especially when many clubs want to sign the same targets that you do. Right. Some of them. And also, we've seen ourselves. They might not be keen to sell the player that you want to buy from them. And we go through this sort of posturing. And... I think the uncertainty over Marco Silva's contract, over the fact that we seem to still prefer to, or at least have a have an open mind about pursuing deals at the end of the transfer window or closer to the end of the transfer window. You know, the, the honest answer is I don't know right. why we haven't signed players, but I know they're trying. Um, but the point is, you look at the squad that they've taken to. Um, uh, that, that, that has arrived in America, and if you're putting that up as the 25-man squad or there or thereabouts, it's a bit light, isn't it? Very much so. Especially much if you so to lose a couple of players from it, and even then, if you were just to lose some people with injuries, you know, we saw the difference last year between our first choice 11 and then what we were left with at the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, who do I blame? Well, I... I could blame all of them, frankly. I think I, there's a little bit to go around. I could blame the hot leadership of the football club for not having a proper, clearly defined um, uh, strategy in place or at least a hierarchy that ensures that the head coach's targets are given equal weight to everything else and that he's happy because you want to make all of your employees happy, at least you should do in your company. I hope they do in your company yes. that you're about to leave to take a better offer from somewhere else <laughs> um you know hopefully your boss isn't listening to this podcast i don't um, think so okay good um we'll see though won't we um 
<laughs> you have to try and make the right working environment and yep. have those working relationships. Um, we, the, the, the fact of Tony Khan being the director of football has been spoken about many times. It's not going to change. I like Tony Khan's passion for Fulham Football Club. I've been in his presence. He does have that um, sort of sardonic, self-effacing sense of humour. He is sometimes quite sharp, although never quite as sharp as he was the other night. I did enjoy that. Um, <laughs> like, but I like his passion for Fulham Football Club. I think that's a net positive because, you know, he has a familial interest with, with the chairman. Um, there, there are just things you could do a little bit better. You'd like right. to be a bit more proactive. And it would be nice to hear a little bit more from the senior figures of Fulham Football Club. I am surprised, at least in London and in the UK, it doesn't seem like they've made very much of the fact that Fulham are coming to America and playing showpiece matches. That's too bad, Dan. Major stadium. But it is true, isn't it? It doesn't seem yes. to... You know, in comparison to the MLS... I couldn't move the coverage of the MLS all-star game against Arsenal. I know Mr Cohen went there and he did a tweet <laughs> saying, Gabriel Jesus has scored with an audacious chip. And I said, I'm... I'm I felt like that's not the most audacious chip you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> you know, there was a certain Texan who did it at Craven Cottage, son. You know. That's right. That's right. Well, I will Chelsea tell you this. Re Chelsea Wrexham got more coverage than our summer series has so far. So, so far, Dan. The only thing I will tell you is that I, I do know that NBC Sports, along with, with Peacock, will be putting on a, as we would say, basketball terms, a full-court press when it comes to the summer series. It just hasn't begun yet. I think you will notice it within a couple of days when Max and I are in Philadelphia. I think you're going to start to see the coverage really ramp up. You just haven't seen it yet. I do know that there's a lot of excitement. I know there are so many film supporters that are going to be at that match I'm going to in Philadelphia. I cannot wait. I just want to say this, and I'm glad that you're on when I could say this. What was so great with me going over to England, the very first time I went over to England was to spend time with you. I've enjoyed that. Like you wouldn't believe that first day in London, I got to spend with you, Sarah Brooks, Mike Benedetto. I can't remember the other person. Maybe you do, but we had the great meeting at Craven cottage at the cafe. Carmelo Mitchell, wasn't it? It's Carmelo. Carmelo Mitchell. No, it was not Carmelo. It was not Carmelo. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but, I'm um, having a little senior moment, as Giannis would say. But mm -hmm. what was great about this it's is that, Goldman. yeah, it was a Goldman. But what was fantastic about that weekend is I got to spend it with you. I got to be amongst the foam supporters and really feel that at Reading in the very crazy match at Reading. And then I followed that up in 2018 by going to the playoff final, and I really felt the foam experience. I cannot wait to be amongst the foam supporters in Philadelphia. I am. Very happy to be doing a live show, a full initial live with Max, with Sammy James and George Cooper. It's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be film supporters there. They're recording it live. And then later on that night, Dan, I'm going to a meetup that's sponsored by the club. That's going to be great. And then I got the match on Sunday. I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. I cannot wait, my friend. Yeah, and I think it's worth reiterating to many of your listeners will be in the United States. Those um, meetups, you know, in Philadelphia, yep. two in Orlando, I think, and one in D.C. You know, yes. You, they're free. And you they're can free. go there 
and you can mingle with the Fulham with the Fulham fans groups, you know, Fulham DC, Fulham in Florida. And I'm not sure the Philadelphia Fulham fan group has a name that I've never quite been able to pronounce. Some sort of play on Philly and Fulham. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, I need to get Max to uh, to corroborate <laughs> them for me. Um, and, you know, I've been to a, a Fulhamish live recording before. They're, they're great guys and you'll have a great time. Um I would, I, uh, would just say as well that um, something that I've seen on Twitter just as I was coming on with you, Rodney Marsh, the former Fulham centre-forward of some repute, is going to be um, in Orlando, Florida. He is, absolutely. For that meet-up with Peter Meller, yes. um, another ex-Fulham player, for the game against um, Aston Villa. That's the Correct. one at the Ivanhoe Park um Brewing Company, um, and if you've not been in Rodney Marsh's company, he does Grumpy Pundits, I think. In the oh, it's fantastic. He's yeah, fantastic. Oh, but if you've not been in Rodney Marsh's company, then you need to be in Rodney Marsh's company at least <laughs> once because it is an incredible experience. Um, and he, he came on the show once, by the way, Dan. I actually had him yeah. on the show. Fantastic. And he did come to Craven Cottage and help pick up. Uh, Bobby Moore's Forever Fulham Award with Stephanie Moore and the Moore family. That's great. And the class that Rodney Marsh um, showed that day, um, I hope you won't mind me saying this, it, it, um, it, it showed what Fulham Football Club was all about yeah. and what, um, how, how we do these things really well. And I do think it's great that the American fan base that supports Fulham so fanatically, you are a great embodiment for that yourself because you all get up at crazy times to watch these matches. So it's great that Fulham are playing out there three times in the next week. And I hope you really enjoy it. I have Thanks, some Dave. great time. Because I'm really, like I said, special, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a special club. We love it. We're all crazy about Fulham. And sometimes they make us crazy. Uh, but it's all worth it in the end, isn't it? It is, Dan. And uh, I'm very happy that I'm going to be able to share this with my son. My son's coming with me. Brady's coming. So it'll just be him and myself, but it should be very special. So we're looking forward to it. Anyways, Dan, we do have to wrap it up because someone else has another show coming up. That would be you, Dan. So before we go, final thoughts before we go. And I, Listen, I just want to thank you so much for doing this with me. I, I've enjoyed every minute of it, Dan. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure, mate. We should do it more often. I, you know, there was a time when when uh, when Kyle um, uh, had to move abruptly. That um, yeah. I stepped in a little bit. Oh, more you were regularly. fantastic. Yep. But then you got a much better um, <laughs> co-host in, in in Max Max Cohen. Um, oh, he's so, great. Max know, is great. Max, Max is a fantastic guy, and I do hope people, your fans, your listeners, get to meet Max and meet yourself. And yep. it's much easier. We're, we're in in America with a with it, and that those Fulham communities that sprung up get some more. Just in terms of my final thought, we haven't been able to touch on it. I would Go just ahead. like to send my best wishes to Edwin van der Sar and Sergio Rico, both recovering from very serious, in Edwin van der Sar's case, a brain hemorrhage. Um, in Sergio Rico's case, you know, really coming out of a coma, both of them were fighters on the field in their career. You know, Sergio's career is still going. Um, Edwin needs no introduction to anyone at Fulham um, or all the, all the football world. And, you know, all of our thoughts are with them and their families. 
as they go through this period of you know being reacquainted to life at home and you know getting back to full fitness and and hopefully we see them in a football setting and with their families again uh, very soon because uh, they, they were special people uh, and they are special people and, and it's important um, to stress that but yeah i love doing this with you mate let's do it again soon and uh, come when you want uh, absolutely and dan i'm glad that you mentioned uh evan vanazar and uh Sergio Rico, that's a great way to end the show with your final thoughts. My final thoughts, as I've already said several times during the show, and I'll say it one more time, that how special this upcoming weekend is for me and my son. We're going to be driving from Boston to Philadelphia that morning to be on Fulmish Live, and then, of course, everything else that goes along with it. And the best part for me is just going to be amongst the Fulham supporters, I have enjoyed it every time, and I cannot wait again. So this is a massive weekend for me, and I'm looking forward to it. But I am going to wrap up the show. Before I go, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For my very special guest, Dan Crawford from HamiN.com and the Green Pole Podcast, I'm Russ Golden. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.